I miss the old Ricky. The show and go, Ricky. This game's a show, Ricky. Most fans don't know, Ricky. I hate the new Ricky. The lesser used Ricky. Got me confused, Ricky. Ego bruised, Ricky. I miss the ace, Ricky. The style and grace, Ricky. I gotta say, at that time I would embrace Ricky. See, we invented Ricky. It wasn't any Ricky. And now I look and look around and see no other Ricky. I used to love Ricky. I used to love Ricky. I even had the Catalan flag. I thought I was Ricky. What if Ricky made a pass to Ricky? Called from Ricky to Ricky. Man, that'd be so Ricky. We still believe Ricky. No, please don't leave Ricky. We love you like Ricky loves passing. Welcome to episode 53 of Wolves Cast, the show that has already begun brainstorming Ricky Rubio tattoo ideas. I'm so- Jacob, the one he never told us what it meant. It's hosted by myself, my brother, I'm Neil. And I'm still mourning over here. <laughs> Scott is here for you, everybody. We're back. I forgot how much I learned about Catalonia just because of Ricky. <laughs> I knew he, taught, no- he taught you about the regions? I knew nothing about their fight for independence, and the, uh, now I know so much. The things he's taught me. The regions of Spain. All that. Yes, indeed. It's the first episode of Wolves Cast where Ricky Rubio is no longer on the team, you guys. Sad times. Sad times for sure. This is the third week in a row we're giving you a podcast. We keep saying you might not hear from us for a while, but the Timberwolves decided to be super eventful or super, yeah. you know, busy during this offseason, which is fun. Usually, you know, our big stuff is the draft, and then we're done until summer league or training camp. You know, what is this? The regular season? Like we could just do it every week. We're just meeting up and doing shows. It's just everybody's just how it writing is. about the Timberwolves now. Yeah. You know, five of thirty-eights, looking like man, they're going to win fifty games. Everybody's coming around because we got Jimmy Butler and stuff. Yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> it's fun times. Everybody's coming around, but uh, yeah, we got another week of uh, Timberwolves action. Uh, this type of action being free agency action. You know, we've uh, we've moved past the draft, and uh, now it's it's free agency. So we're going to talk about all those moves that happened. Lots of moves have happened. Obviously, Rubio gone, but lots of signings as well. People are coming on board. Uh, we have a wonderful sponsor. We have um, we're going to do a segment called Worried Not Worried because uh, we got some angsty times out there in Wolves Land. Uh, we're bringing back the weekly Wolfie. This week, and uh, of course, we'll play a game. So it'll be a fun episode. Appreciate you guys listening. Let's dig in. Let's just jump right into it, you guys. Right, right away. Ricky Rubio gone, traded. Finally happened after years well, we of rumors. Say, we should say too at the top. Yeah. We're recording this July fifth, day yep. after Fourth of July. Yep. And so, just in case, like you know, something happens Breaking Thursday news. morning, we get CJ Miles or something like that. You yeah. Know? But I'm glad we waited till Wednesday to record this because now we know where Gordon Hayward is going. Yeah, which does impact the West a little bit and also impacts Ricky's future a little bit as well. So, with that being said, Neil, let me paint a picture for you, okay? If you will, please. Uh, I'm sitting at a wedding in Chicago, <laughs> a Catholic wedding, so you know how those are lengthy, long, yeah, and with a lot of things that have nothing to do with the wedding. Stuffy. And, uh, I'm seeing on Twitter before the wedding starts that something's going down with Rubio. Uh oh. And I mean, I've always said, I'll start believing the rumors when it actually happens, but uh, something seemed heated about these. These seemed different. So I texted Neil, and I said, Neil, this wedding's about to start. Only text me if something's confirmed. And like less than five minutes later, I get the text from you that says, confirmed it to Jazz. Yeah. 
And uh, I can't remember anything for the rest of that wedding. You I just blacked like, out. Blacked out. I was just like. You blacked out before the booze. I, I, I was sitting there in uh, the church and thinking about why would God, <laughs> if there was a God, why would he treat me like this? Why would he steal my heart? How could he? So it was a rough uh it was a rough hour or two, but it was an open bar, and I'd like to think that uh, that open bar helped me healed you uh, and somewhat, somewhat <laughs> the spirit, you know. <laughs> so uh, that's how I dealt with it. Maybe we were all dealing with different ways. Uh, today, I started to come to terms. If you saw my Instagram story, okay, with all the Ricky Rubio memorabilia on my desk uh, at work, and what I'm going to do with that? Yeah, you know? what are you going to do? Is it going to stay there for a little bit? Like, um, can you remove it right away, or is it still like sensitive? I think I might move the bobblehead because I, I got to get rid of the Levine bobblehead as well. Yeah, um, not get rid of them. I'll just put them in the shelf where the Kevin Love bobblehead is. You know, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and then I'll probably take down the Funko Pop figure as well. Well, but I have a really mm-hmm. fun Ricky poster that I'm going to keep up. Yeah, the Matador. Yeah, the, Ricky has a Matador. Love that one. Yeah, so that, <laughs> that's sticking around, just like I still have a photo of Green Steamsma, you know. Steamer. In, in my cube, but that was from the Wolves fire sale. Yeah, so that all happened, uh, I think, the day before free agency started. Uh, so that would have been, uh, what, last Friday? Uh, so Set the tone. Set the tone, yeah. The Jazz had some room, um, had some sort of cap thing where they could, you know, they had a lot of space that was going to be gone the next day if they didn't move it. So they struck on a deal, and uh, Wolves get back a first round uh, draft pick from Oklahoma City, lottery protected next year, and with We're, their with their with their uh, you know signing of of Paul, trade for Paul George and uh, Pat Patterson, you know, looks like uh, they're going to make the It's a pretty safe bet to make the playoffs. So hopefully, for the Wolves' sake, that's they just barely squeak in somehow. Well, uh, or if we still have that pick, yeah, you know. yeah. So I but think either way, it looks like that pick will confer next year. Yes, with a, you know pick that's probably around spot 20 to 25 in the draft yeah so hopefully the wolves can get that pick uh if they don't trade it lots of rumors of course of well uh, right now that the wolves uh, might might package that pick with uh cole aldrich to get off of his salary in order to sign somebody else but that is that's to be seen we'll see about that so let's talk about ricky more about the basketball sense yes we're gonna go into our personal feelings, feelings. a little later in the podcast yeah yeah, yeah. there's two ways to view this there's a emotional loss Uh it's like losing a member of your family yeah Uh, as a crater we've been watching a lot of bad wolves basketball for six years and every year plus every season and ricky was the thing that made it fun he was the one that was like it was the bright spot yeah i remember the games where it was like luke riddenauer at point or the games where ricky's injured and you're just like this isn't even fun to watch because nobody you know it's just a slog (laughs) slog is right and so i always appreciated that even during the losing seasons the you know Worst record in the league seasons. Ricky always was made it fun to watch Timberwolves basketball. Yeah, I think that's why so many fans are connected to him. Obviously, when you have you go through tough times, if you have a bright spot like that, you connect to him. But also, just that joy beyond anything else. Like he, it wasn't just that he was a fun passer or that his on court skills were incredible. It was it was the fact that on and off the court, he brought a sense of joy to everybody. And I think that's sort of what is sticking with people. Now that he's gone, the people, you know, that's what sort of makes this a little bit harder. It's not an ordinary trade because we have these emotional connections to him. (laughs) And unlike every other player that was good that we traded, Ricky didn't ask for it. Every other time we've traded a player, it's been them forcing their way out. You he know? didn't beg, he and didn't ask to be gone. He was really ready to nice win a title somewhere else. Said really nice things about us when he got to Utah. So, uh, God bless you, Ricky Rubio. Um, but let's talk basketball, X's and O's. Obviously, Thibodeau wanted to clear that roster space so yeah. that he could sign some players. 
Um, I think some people initially thought, wow, we're carving out that like near $30 million. What was it, $33 million once we moved him yeah, off the books? Man. We got to spend all $30 million of that on, on Kyle Lowry or, yeah. <laughs> or uh, Paul Millsap. You yeah, know? Yep. And uh, it's less sexy what we did with it. We'll break that down a little bit, but uh, you know, maybe a little bit more. Uh, it, Prudent. <laughs> well, yeah, what is it when you're spreading out the risk? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So um, in basketball sense, uh, I guess we'll have to go to what his replacement is. I mean, I think from the perspective of the front office, Ricky yeah. was never Thibodeau's guy. Right. Last remaining piece of the David Kahn era, you know. Yeah. And, I mean, really, the, the longest tenured wolf. Now the longest tenured wolf is Gorgie, you know. Sure. So, uh, you know, uh, he's... Get clearing house. I like what uh, you should listen to our favorite podcast about the Timberwolves, Britt and Bauer, mm-hmm. and what uh, Britt Robeson said on that uh, today when I was listening to it was he said like Thibodeau is like if I'm gonna go down with the ship like this is all on me like more or less yeah, I'm, I'm the picking head. the players I, he said I am the franchise right and so Tibbs didn't say that but Britt did yeah right? and yeah. in that sense like you better go with the guys you want then. You know, it's Thibodeau's right to do that. And I also think that regardless of what I think about Jeff Teague, which we're going to get to in a minute, the idea, I'm okay with the idea of trusting Thibodeau because at the end of the day, he has the the amount of information uh, disconnect between like fans who are trying to be you know closet GMs on Twitter or whatever. We like we like to do the same thing. Of course, so most, most of our fun. podcasts are us talking yeah. about why we how we would run the team or whatnot. Yeah, we're in that boat. But Tibbs knows better than anybody what Teague is bringing to the table, what he wants to do, and so right now you just gotta trust Thibodeau and wait to see how it plays out before we have any big judgments about oh Teague's gonna be way worse than Rubio this season, or like you know we just don't know yet. Yeah, and Tibbs we trust, yeah, as they say. And and yeah, if you want, that's that's this is what we get for wanting to put the franchise in the hands of someone capable, someone proven, someone that was the best coach on the market last year. And yeah, you give him the GM job as well. Um, you know, he can do that too. So yeah, well, this is what we wanted. You know, Scott Layden somewhere like, hey man, hey, what about me? Well, I, I got a job title here, but you know. but yeah, well, this is what we wanted, and we had to take our lumps this way too. It's like you can't just be happy about the Jimmy Butler effect and, right. and him bringing in him, and then being you know all up in arms when he trades Rubio as well. It's like you kind of have to take both sides of that. And, and so I get it from like the fan yeah. perspective. I get it from the emotional perspective. I get it from the idea of being like. Wow, like we were on such a high from Jimmy Butler, and we were like, uh-huh. we have like such a great opportunity next year. But then uh, it's kind of like this line from Hamilton. Shout out to Hamilton. <laughs> he said, "Winning is easy, go- governing is harder." And it's like easy to be like, "Yeah, we got this trade, we got out the future ahead of us." But when it comes down to the brass tacks of being like, now we have to start taking our shot. We're we're putting our chips in the middle of the table. You can't do this thing where you're like, we got Jimmy Butler, but we're still going to hold on to these assets. We're not Boston. We don't have these like first round picks from another team, so we can't be good and get future assets. So at some point, you got to cash in your chips. And I know that some Wolves fans were hoping that when we cash in our chips, it would be a starting five that included Millsap and uh, Butler, Butler and Kyle Lowry. Um, But sometimes when, you know, this is a harsh reality of, you know, what happens when you cash in your chips is that your team might look a little different than what you thought we weren't ever yeah. gonna land 100 of the free agents you wanted you Some know of your favorite guys might be gone too so i think it's uh it's good to know that like yes maybe we didn't get the guys that we really wanted i know you were a big two pat fan yeah you know i'm not particularly a jeff teague fan we're both george yeah. hill fans yeah but i think that getting hung up on like we didn't get that one guy so now i'm disappointed is maybe the wrong way to look at this at least if you're trying to not torture yourself to death as a man Exactly. So let's uh, let's talk about who they did get, um, you know, to replace Ricky in the starting lineup. Uh, it's going to be Jeff Teague. 
Jeff Teague coming Go! in and walking through the door uh, on a three-year, $56 million contract. Uh, only two of the years guaranteed um, in that deal, which, uh, you know, I think... Wait, is the third year team option, player option? Or player both? option, player uh, option, I believe, so in the third that year. That doesn't help our team ever, because well, the only way he would turn it down is if he was playing so poorly or so injured that he's like, man, I can't get this money anywhere It's so else. hard to know. I think if you think he's going to... If you think one way or the other, if he's going to take it or not take it at this point, you're fooling yourself. Right. It's, it's what's going to be happening then what's the cap uh, picture like what's the market for guards uh, you know that kind yeah of thing. Every, there's so many variables if he's playing great or not even playing great if he's still a solid player he's going to want to opt out to get a longer term deal right. most likely um but if he's playing poorly he's gonna think oh i'm gonna, I'm gonna grab this this last 18 or whatever it is at the last year of his contract so Way too early to predict if he will grab it or not, but for the Wolves' flexibility, it's a good thing because at least you have the potential of um, you know to to, to have that option um, for for Teague. But Jeff Teague, uh, let's see, former All Star, 2015 with the Hawks, the year um, that the Hawks uh, had the whole five team players of the week. <laughs> or, you know, five yeah. uh, the starting five were all named Player of the Week one one week. Incredible the conference. Uh, I Teague. think four of them made the All Star. Maybe all five made the All Star team. Yeah. actually. So, um, you know, that's not saying that, like, he's an all-star on the level of, like, Jimmy Butler or you expect him to be there every year multiple times, but he's a guy who was rewarded in a very good season that he had. Um, Had kind of a down year with the Pacers last year. Yep. There could be a lot of different issues for why, you know. Mm. So it's hard to read too much into that. But just a player that's never really overwhelmed me. Uh, Not a player that I consider good on defense or, you know, particularly special on offense. But he's solid, and apparently Thibodeau sees something in him that he thinks is an improvement. Yeah, and he's, you know, he's... He's an average point guard, just like Ricky Rubio. But the problem is, the difference is, is that Rubio has sort of extreme skills, right? Oh, yeah. He's one of the best passers and defenders in the league, whereas Jeff Teague, you know... I'm Ricky Rubio. I'm not like anybody else. Whereas Jeff True. Teague is more of a, you know, all-around okay point guard, right? Like, okay at everything, not, not, not excelling at anything. Not really known for any one thing, but he's going to hold it down for you. You know, he's going to be able to hit the open shot. Um, he's going to be able to, you know, guard, but maybe not lock down the, the other team's point guard. Like, so, you know, that's kind of the trade in here. You know, I get lots of people saying, oh, I can't believe it, you know, moved Rubio for Teague. And it's sort of like they're both about the same league average point guard. It's just about skills distribution. And for Thibodeau in the front office, you know, I think they just wanted a better offensive player. But Neil, um, if they're roughly the same, why do we have to pay $5 million or yeah. more for Teague every year? Wouldn't it be smarter if we spent that money somewhere else, maybe on the bench? Yeah, you could definitely argue that, and we'll see what uh, you know the rest of the signings have to have to do here. But yeah, you're basically you basically traded Rubio for Teague and a first rounder plus an extra four million dollars in, in contract uh, there. So yeah, I mean it's definitely going to be seen here. Uh, you know how well that spacing plays out. Will Jeff Teague actually be able to space out? Will he actually be able to knock down open Jays uh, when he's they're passed out to him waiting in the corner or whatever? I think what I like about Teague though is that he's gonna be able to play off the ball something that Rubio just couldn't do you know he just couldn't be a threat unless he was bringing the ball up orchestrating everything whereas with this new team around no one would guard him exactly now with this new team where Butler brings the ball up the court a lot he is he is a 
facilitator in or had been in the past with Chicago. Um, we saw Point Wiggins a lot last year. So the Wolves have a bunch of guys who I think are going to be bringing the ball up the, up the floor. And Jeff Teague then can kind of slot off into the two or just slot off kind of off ball and still be able to catch and shoot, catch and create, that kind of thing, which is something Ricky couldn't do. So I can kind He's of see He's a little bit fit. better at the penetration. I think he can penetrate yep. and kick uh, better than Ricky could. Uh, just because, you know, people would sag off Ricky when he was driving the lane. Yes. They would sit back on, you know, whoever the roll man was on that pick and roll. And Ricky was so good at throwing the needle, it didn't matter. You just throw it between the two defenders, you know, who are guarding the roll so man. So it's kind of interesting. The Wolves, like, traded in, like, a, you know, a, a flawed but beloved and magical point guard for someone who doesn't have huge flaws. Maybe he's not that good of a defender, but he's just kind of blah. Like, Wolves fans are just kind of unenthused by it, even though it might be a better fit. So it's definitely a hard sell. It's not an easy move from Thibodeau as far as the fan perspective goes. Everyone wanted Ricky to stay. Well, let's just see if he can make it work with, with, with the new team, with Butler and everything. Just see if he can make it. Uh, but they opted Ricky not to do that. Ricky does dictate, to a certain extent, what what you can get away with on offense. Yeah. He dictates the style you play because he is a yeah. pure point guard, a guy who needs the ball in his hand to create openings for others. If Tibbs wants to do anything like a more of a motion offense where other guys are sharing, it gives Tibbs more flexibility to have a more well-rounded player than someone who had the special but limited skill set in some ways of Rubio. Um, I mean, Teague, and also kind of, you know, then the next deal we should talk about, Todd Gibson was yep. signed, two years, $28 million, mm-hmm. you know, 14 per. The next day? Was that, because uh, the, that's the other thing about the Teague deal, it was one of the first deals after midnight that happened, which is very rare for Wolves. That never happens. We're never like ready to pounce on a on a you know big free agent as soon as they hit the market kind of thing. Like you never it tells get... me Thibodeau. It was like this is my guy for <laughs> some reason. And I think a certain extent has got to be the price tag. We're seeing other yep. guards go for more, and then it makes you think. Well, Tibbs wanted to nab a guard he knew he could get for less, so he could keep some space open for the Taj Gibson move. Uh huh. So yeah. So they signed Taj two years, twenty eight million. Um, you know, he is, you know, coming off, um, you know, coming off a good year. He played for two teams last year. The Bulls traded him at the trade deadline to Oklahoma City, um, where he played pretty well. Um, there, he's he's a traditional big. You know, he's not one of these new age uh, stretch out the floor bigs that we might wanted to see walk through that door. Uh, he's uh, only shot a couple threes in his whole career. He's he's not going to do that. He's not going to change his game for the evolving NBA. He is what he is: a, a gritty defender, rebounder, uh, can score in the paint, can score near the basket, but he's not going to be like a knockdown shooter at all. But you know. This is the guy, you know, he's a known quantity for, 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 for Thibodeau. You know, unlike Teague, I mean, maybe Teague knows a little, I mean, maybe Thibodeau thinks about Teague a lot because they were in the same division in Chicago. Sure. You know, saw him a lot over those years. Oh, well, I guess, or Indiana, I guess he wasn't there. He was in uh, the uh, same conference, I guess. Maybe saw him a little bit more. But, you know, Thibodeau knows what he's getting with Gibson. He knows what kind of player he is. And I think this move specifically is about the defense. It's about teaching the others the defense, right? Being able to show Wiggins and Towns, here's how we do this in this system. This move actually made me feel better about Teague Mm. because I'll tell you why. Um, I think Teague isn't as good of a defender as Rubio. Right. But, I mean, Rubio, let's be fair, had his defensive issues as well. That guy had a hard time getting over screens sometimes. He'd be picked off by a defender easily. Sometimes you gamble and put uh, you know a guy in a bad position. Where yeah, it, Towns has got to decide: Do I slide over and guard the, the this guy now, or do I guard my own man? And I think that Towns isn't at a level where you can make that decision consistently, which just where he is in his NBA experience. True. And so I think that Taj is kind of going to be like KG, but with a you know 
still is athletic, you know, not prime, but close to it yeah. in a sense that like he's going to be the quarterback for this defense. He's going to be like Towns. You go over there. He's going to yeah. be talking, which is something we don't hear. You know, we hear Thibodeau talking on every single broadcast. We hear him yeah. screaming. We never hear like for the most part, you don't hear yeah, Wolves. Gar- Gorgie's the only one. Other. Yeah, Gorgie's you know by all accounts the only one who's out there talking to everybody. So they need those guys who know the system and can communicate it. So maybe Teague allows more penetration from opposing guards than Rubio, but I think that with Gibson, we're going to be in a better spot for our help defense to make sure that uh, we're closing off that situation. And that's what I think is most important about Taj. Um, I know maybe he's not as sexy as some of the other stretch fours that we could have gotten but um i mean i think the most important thing is that tibbs after seeing this culture of no accountability last year oh yeah it's like wiggins are cat are like you're playing us 40 minutes a game i know you're not going to take away our minutes you know like it's kind of like why should we listen to you we are the stars and like all the younger guys also kind of felt that way like yeah "Yeah, we're the up-and-comers you know and like i think that now we've created a culture where it's like wiggins and towns you're the young guys and everyone else has more experience, and you should shut up and listen to them. And I think that it's creating a culture of accountability. And something I think that Taj, especially Jimmy we're talking about, are going to be the guys who get on Wiggins and get on Towns for doing the wrong thing. And we didn't have anyone on our team last year who could call those guys out. And to a certain extent, like we felt like we had that with KG and Tayshawn Prince. But even then, we felt like when, later in the season when they weren't playing because of injuries, the Wolves stopped listening to them as much. Because, <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't pay as much attention to out. the injured vets as you do to the, like, the guys who are on the court with you. So I think that uh, Taj is going to just be an amazing addition to our defense. Not just his individual defense, but how he understands the system, gets people into places. And uh, once again, shouts to Britt and Bauer. Because I, I knew I shouldn't have listened to their podcast before this because I was like, <sighs> I take all their talking points, but they had a great point, which is that our offense was top 10 in efficiency last year, and our defense was near last. So everyone, improve everyone who's saying, yeah. like, we need three-point shooting, well, yes, we do, but our offense was fine last season with relative – we had the second-worst three-point shooting besides the Bulls last year. And so it's like, if we could get a top 10 offense with that, like – you know, the thing we need to improve is defense. And that I think most of these moves that Tibbs is doing is trying to get our defense up to league average. And I think Taj is a huge part of that. Yeah, we talked about last week having but bringing in Butler brings in an all star who, you know, some of these guys will listen to is saying, yeah, this is, this is what we got to do to get to his level. And I think Taj, while he's not an all star, um, he's not on that premier level that Jimmy Butler is, he is to the bigs. Uh, you know what Jimmy Butler will be to the guards. Yeah, you know, being this is this is their mentor now to show them how to do this. Um, in Thibodeau's system, but yeah, and I Taj think, is still young enough to get it done on the defensive end. You know, totally. it's not like what we brought in KG. Like I said, like, yeah. he's too old to really play. But Taj's got a, lots of good years still left in his body. I'm not sure old is he. 31, 32. something like that. Thirty-two. Yeah, but yeah, as far Just as turned shooting, thirty-two too, so he won't turn thirty-two again for another year. You know, I think yeah. I, I, I'm, I mean, thirty-three. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm not too worried about the shooting. We're gonna get into that specifically later on. Worried, not worried. But I would have liked a shooting power forward here just because yes you can point to last year's top 10 offense but things would be different now yeah you add in butler and he's a great offensive player but the system is going to look different the the way they score is going to look different and with this current group you would have liked to see a stretch guy out there i think maybe and our stretch guy is already on the team neil to bielitsa Germania, bielitsa or well how about this for a small ball five put cat at five put jimmy at four yeah, like Jimmy's going to be your guy guarding Kevin Durant anyway. So if you're going you against like lots. the Warriors with Kevin Durant at the four, I mean Warriors sometimes put Kevin Durant at the five and just kill everyone. But if you have a lineup that's you know Tyus, uh, Teague, Wiggins, 
Jimmy, Cat. That's a pretty good shooting five right there. Yeah, and, and I, well, it's going to be okay. The offense will still be good, but to me, this just pre- puts so much more pressure on the defense to actually jump up into the top half of the league or into the top ten or whatever it's going to be. It just puts you're just going to have to rely on your defense a lot more, and maybe that's the plan. That's not a bad that's way to do plan. things because yeah, yeah. shooting. I mean. If you if you have a Golden State go. Warriors type Can of team, go. Yeah. But we've even seen from the Rockets they go cold sometimes with all their shooting. So it's fun to have good shooters, but defense is really the backbone of the NBA. And you know what, three points aren't or three pointers aren't the only way to be efficient in this league. Jimmy and Wiggins get to the line, and you know that we're gonna have great rebounding with Cat and Taj inside. Get some offensive putbacks, you know, stuff at oh, the yeah. rim. I think we're still gonna have a very good effective field goal percentage, and I think that it's overblown people worrying that. We don't have a lot of bad shooters on the team anymore. It's all sure. like average three-point shooters. Not great ones, but average. Okay, quick. We have to talk about Shabazz Muhammad and some bullets we're dodging. Um, Shabazz, qualifying offer pulled. He is now a unrestricted free agent, so he gets to hit the market and uh, be out there uh, unrestricted. So the Wolves aren't going to match a deal on him. You know, he's probably not going to. This is even more cementing the fact that he's not going to be coming back for the Wolves next year. Something that this free agency illuminated is that we shouldn't have extended Gorgie last year because mm. who's going to give Gorgie that offer this offseason? And the, it's the market same, for bigs is, is so dry. It's the same with Shabbat. So many teams have kind of capped themselves out with the smaller cap than they expended in the spending f- frenzy that they did last season yeah. that I thought someone was going to offer Shabbat something like right away and now it looks like he might be doing like a one-year five million thing like he might not be getting very much more money than he made last year yeah and so it's interesting uh i mean we we praised the gorgie deal at the time because we thought it needed to be done it's just interesting now in hindsight how that looks like you know not the best i'm hoping shabazz can end up on the team like the brooklyn nets or i'd like that or the phoenix suns someone that's going to give him run because he needs all summer if he's going to sign a one-year deal something like that needs to be you know something of a make good deal where he can kind of show a little bit more of his value in this league somewhere he can get a bunch of minutes so um, that's why like all to summer see. on snapchat he was going to fashion shows in europe so i think he would love new york city there you get go. all that fashion week stuff because it's the last time we'll be able to play it here we go Shabazz, the great and powerful. <laughs> hey, Shabazz Shabazz. Muhammad continues to stay thirsty he's thirsty he is that stay thirsty shabazz thanks for the fun um you know you were better than trey burke Okay, so we have a lot of the free agents have been signed already. There's still a great number left out there. But a lot of the big guys have been. It's all about Shabazz. About the, Shabazz. Mohammed. A lot of the big names have been snatched up. But let's quickly run through some of the yeah, contracts. We're glad like, that we did not I give I see out. a lot of people on Twitter being like, oh, why didn't we do this contract? Why don't we do this contract? PJ Tucker, four years, $32 million? Why didn't yeah. we do that? Pat Patterson, why didn't we get him? So, I, I you know, like I said, all things being equal, sure, maybe the Timberwolves would have done that, but we don't know what's causing players to sign here, uh-huh. sign there. We saw George Hill get signed, and everyone's like, why didn't we give George Hill that money? It's basically Teague money. But it's like, maybe Teague, George Hill didn't want to come here, and stuff like that. So we don't know the outside mm. things. But I'm saying, for every time you're like, that's a good deal we should have signed, let's be thankful a couple bad ones. for the bad deals that we are <laughs> not going to have to pay. You know, To a lesser extent, I'm glad we're not paying Kyle Lowry and Paul Millsap $30 million a year for the next three totally, years. Totally, yeah, yeah. But, Even though they're shorter-time deals, that's... Uh, yeah, that's. They didn't make it though on our bad list. Just a couple quick ones. I love Gallo. We talked about him uh, many times coming here, but three years, sixty-five million dollars. That's too much for a guy who gets injured every single year. Right. So I don't like that. Um, Ibaka got the exact same money. No, don't like that. That's a lot of money for an aging Serge Ibaka. 
Maybe the worst one. I mean, I understand the Pelicans bent over a barrel on this one. They had no choice. Kind of like the Cavs have no choice but to like extend Corver and stuff every year because they can't bring guys in. And so they had to extend Holiday, but five years, $126 million. That's a, a lot of moolah for a guy who also has a hard time staying on the court. Yeah. One thing before we go to our sponsor, Neil, I just want one thing that I really want to reiterate to everyone. should have set it off the top because I think it's important. This is one of my main points of the episode. So we're going to go to Scott's main points of the episode. I just want to say every contract can be traded. Joe Johnson's contract was traded. Gilbert Arenas's contract was traded. So I think Teague and Taj are on very movable contracts. And all these contracts are coinciding to end with Jimmy Butler's two-year deal so we can reevaluate in two years. We're always going to have Cat and Wiggins on the books. So I think that, you know, there's a lot of hand-reining about it, about, oh, have we capped ourselves or locked ourselves into this kind of like 30-year-old people? It's like, no, we can trade Taj at the end of the season. We can trade Teague two years from now if we need to i have faith that they're on good enough contracts they're not getting massively overpaid if they are getting overpaid yeah. and that these are very movable deals so i would not freak out about yeah, it i think gordy's short. deal is harder to move than either of these two the short-term money just league-wide this year is as has been a revelation Ter- teams are learning from their, from their past transgressions of, of giving out five-year deals left and right and there's a and saying, all these deals are short so it's going to be okay i think it's Gle- aaron gleeman says this on the gleeman and the geek podcast which is there's no there's not a bad one-year deal. You can't make a bad one-year deal. And I, two-year deals to that extent kind of feel yeah, the same interesting. way. It's interesting. Kind of, yeah, it's interesting how they're doing this. With the, They're going to give it a shot here for two years with these with some of these vets, with Teague and Butler um, and even Gibson. Those three, you know, those three guys, they're all kind of on the same timeline. That's when you guys start paying Towns. And, and so, you know, they're going to – Wiggins and Towns are their, are their backbone – and they're going to try and make a little mini run here and to see what they have. Because we got – so we got Cat uh, and Wiggins and we're like, oh, this is such a young core. We're going to get free agents. Nah, we didn't really last year. No. Then so we got Jimmy Butler in his press conference. He says, I'm going to recruit players better than me. Well, that didn't really work out because you got to prove it before you're going to get free agents. Two years making runs in the playoffs and we got some of these contracts coming off the book. We might be a destination. Yeah, at that, at that point in two years, Wiggins and Towns will be entering their primes. And yeah, free agents hopefully. don't want to go anywhere until they, you prove it. Especially if it's Minnesota. We're not a destination location for NBA superstars. So we got to prove it. We got two years to prove it. And then it'll be time to re-sign and hopefully get some bigger star free agents. I love it. I'm cool with that. Let's get to our sponsor. Here we go. Ah, the memories, the good times. (laughs) We've been working tirelessly this past week. We've helped create with the help of the NBA and the Rubio family, the ultimate Ricky Rubio Recuerdas Favoritos Greatest Hits Ooh, DVD This is made by us Favorite Memories Yes this, we, we are our own sponsor this week I uh, just had to do it Because You know we love Rubio that much We love Ricky And uh, we made We made uh, We cut up a mixtape And let me tell hits. you There were so many highlights It was tough to To narrow it down That means that Every one of these, it's like Thriller, where Michael Jackson recorded like 200 songs for Thriller and just picked the best nine. Hit after hit after hit after hit. They keep on coming. And we got stuff in here. It's not just on the court passes and, you know, amazing moments that happened on the hardwood. We got lots of different things that's happened over Rubio's time here in Minnesota. Who could forget his NBA debut coming off the bench against the Dallas Mavericks at home? Actually, it wasn't his debut. I guess it was just his home debut. Yeah, it was the week he debuted, yeah. And First week in the NBA. Whipping passes between Dirk Nowitzki's legs into Anthony Tolliver in the corner. Open three. 
Tolliver going bug-eyed running down the court with the three-point sign. Yeah. We couldn't believe it. He made five passes in that game that I've never seen in the NBA. Who could forget the moment where he was uh, spotted shopping at the downtown Target? Uh, he was uh, uh, sadly injured at this time, and he was riding a scooter. But uh, definitely an amazing, very memorable Ricky Rubio moment. And you know what? Smile on his face even when he's recovering. Because who can forget when he told Alexi Chevette, change his face, (laughs) be happy, enjoy it. Which is really life lessons. Like, forget your eat, pray, love sign. Get a sign that says, enjoy it, be happy. Another great uh, Ricky Rubio moment that I hope you all remember was... uh, you know, there, it was. It happened in Utah, actually, in Salt Lake City. Ooh, where he is now. Maybe it's convinced Utah to yeah. trade for him. There was a moment. Uh, there was a. There was a officials review. They were reviewing a play at midcourt, and Ricky, you know, was just goofing around with a with a little girl who's sitting courtside and passing her the ball. I think it was like a toddler or some like little kid. Yeah. And uh, it was just, just again, just bringing the joy. Always bringing the joy. Who can forget when Ricky Rubio this year set the franchise record for assists with 19? Wow. He'd been stuck in 17 for so long. Been doing that for years and that tied our record and this year he busts through he had like 10 in the first quarter alone that was a fun game i was there and listen to that one if you're the utah jazz and you're acquiring ricky rubio you're pointing to the last half of this 2016 2017 season and many of his greatest games as as the fact that he's turned the corner with the shooting he uh in our um ricky rubio greatest hits dvd we have the game uh where um you know he shot a career high um, you know, he's had a th- career high 33 points, shooting 12 of 20 from the field. Just incredible. That would happen on March 30th. Just also included are the 2017 game where Ricky hit six three pointers against Ooh, the Orlando Magic. Dang. Great stuff. Also, we get that post game double take when Peck mentions forgetting a win. You've seen the GIF. Who can forget it? Now, seen it. now you can own it. And of course, closing it all out, we got the game winning three in Oklahoma City. Ice that cold was an afterwards. amazing moment. And, uh, he celebrates you know. so hard for other players, but he, he was ice cold in his moment. Wow, he hit that game winner. Was it his only game winner? I'm pretty sure. Maybe technical, right? Like, yeah. it was technically his only game winner, like last five seconds, right. go ahead shot. That was incredible, though. The kick out from Wiggins under the hoop. But yeah, many many great Ricky moments. You get them all in this wonderful DVD. We'll never forget you, Ricky, but Alzheimer's happens to everyone. So get the DVD so you can remember. All right, everybody. Thank you for our sponsor, which is us and the people who helped us make this DVD, the Rubio family. And, uh, you know, uh, we love you, Ricky. Get the DVD. It's time now for a game we like to play. It's called Worried, Not Worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm really, really worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm freaking out here. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I mean, why, why would I be worried? I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I'm not worried, are you? Worried, not worried. Here we are. This is the segment we go to every time. There's a lot of things you should every feel time anxiety an about in life. There's so much things to be anxious over. You Sometimes you need help just being told what you should worry about and what yeah. you shouldn't worry about, you know? Yeah, so uh, there's there's a lot of worrying happening right now in Wolves Nation, especially on Twitter. All the moves happening. Uh, did we overpay Taj Gibson? Where's the shooting? All this kind of stuff. That brings us to our first question, Scott. Are you worried or not worried about a lack of shooting on this year's Timberwolves team? Worried or not worried? I'm not worried. Okay. I kind of outlined it before. I think you can have a high effective field goal percentage getting to the line, getting rebounds, and putting stuff in at the rim. Um, I'm maybe a little worried about the spacing, but I think that remains to be seen because there's still we got to fill out the bench with some role players. I think you can get some cheap shooters better than you can get some cheap like all, all NBA defenders, you know. And um, so I think we'll probably pick up some more shooters before the season starts. And 
like I said, everyone in the starting five this year, assuming Taj is starting, have well, not Taj, but the other guys on our team have, shoot average. They shoot the league average, like 35%. Yeah, and not bad. Maybe that's not yeah. inspiring, but like Zach Levine's career was like 37% numbers. So career numbers can be kind of weird in that sense. But I think all of our guys shoot well enough from three-point that we can be average. And well, that's, that's not bad. I'm also not worried. It is sort of an issue. But, you know, like we said before, the Wolves were the last. They were last in the league in three-point makes and three-point attempts, and they were still the tenth-best offense in the league. So you know they can get by with it. I'm also expecting jumps from Andrew Wiggins, from Nemanja Bjelica, um, from from range. I think Jeff Teague is going to have an up year from three with all the open Maybe looks. Towns he's can be a little get. bit more consistent. Yeah. We know he can hit them. That's the main downside for me. I don't want Towns out there. You know what I mean? That that's the main downside. Like you said about the spacing, that's the main downside of not having shooting. Is that it's going to be cramped in the paint for Towns. And I, well, and we it, got it's fine if he can hit the threes. Obviously, he might be our best three point shooter. Yeah. But I, I, I want he's unstoppable in the paint. That's where I want him taking sure. the majority of his shots. You know, so that's the main. I'm downside. saying like maybe just get him to shoot three a game. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, just yeah. Shoot like three not five or yeah. three. <laughs> get Wiggins to shoot five or six. Get Butler to take five or six. I yeah. think I think you'll be pretty happy. Yes, indeed. Um, all right, Neil. Next question: Are you worried or not worried about Justin Patton breaking a bone in his foot? Yeah, this is worrying to me. Um, if he was a guard, maybe not, maybe not. But we're talking about a guy who is, what, is he seven seven foot tall? Nearly seven feet tall? Big guy. So big guys and foot injuries do mm. not mix. This is not cool. This is not fun. This is really worrying to me because we need, uh, you know, Justin Patton, you know, thankfully we got him in the Jimmy Butler deal. They, they passed over their uh, 16 overall pick and uh, pick up Justin Patton from Creighton. But uh, I don't know. It, it, it's really hard to know exactly the extent of this injury. We don't have a lot of details on it. But just in general, a foot injury where you break a bone, um, you know, this you know, early in his career, kind of worried about it right now. But it's not going to hurt us too much in this season. He probably was mostly going to be playing in Iowa for the most of the year anyway. It, I think they said it's going to be like a six, six to eight-week recovery time. So he's not going to miss that much time. Actually, he'll miss Summer League in Vegas um, coming up this month. So he's not going to actually miss that much time. But it is worrying for his long-term future. What about you? Worried or not worried about the foot? Um, Justin Patton. I'm, I'm worried. You yeah. don't you don't want a big man with foot problems early in his career, but I want to Can't shout out it. to Lucas. Okay, at, yeah, Lucas C. Haffer. Oh, Low C. Haffer. Yeah, L O C. Haffer. Yeah, on Twitter, follow him. Yeah, because uh, he was at least giving a little bit more of a medical side of the foot injury, and he's saying depends where the bro- the breakage happens because there's two areas where it's not oh. so bad, and one area where it's a Jones fracture, which is what Kevin Ooh. Durant had, and that's tricky. So we don't know if he has the Jones fracture. If he doesn't, I'm way less worried. Yeah. Um, but even if he does, then I'd be more worried. But thank you for Lucas for bringing that medical kind of know-how to the Twitter conversation because most of us were just like, foots? Uh, yeah. you know. So getting a little bit more specific on the science of it, I really appreciate him for doing that. Yeah, Lucas has a uh, degree, I believe, in physical therapy. So he's bringing, bringing that side of things to, to Twitter and, and uh, love that about uh, his coverage. So yep. wonderful. Thank okay. you, Lucas. Next one, Scott, are you worried or not worried about Andrew Wiggins' ongoing insistence on using Snapchat while driving andrew stop <laughs> right this. now Break stop this right now this is so dumb andrew i'm at the wedding i'm already sad about rubio yeah. and everything and i'm like oh i'm gonna check snapchat maybe maybe yeah. this will make me feel up. better yeah what do i see photo behind the wheel hand on the wheel other hand snapchat it wasn't even a good photo you couldn't even see anything why are you risking your life snapping for dumb photos of your dashboard andrew wiggins come on get smart man i want you to live and I just think that it's like, 
we got to be on the forefront of this. I'm going to keep talking about this until a media member is like, hey, man, maybe maybe don't snap and drive. Unless you're wearing the spectacles, but even then, it's probably distracted driving. Yeah, this is worrying. It's just not cool. We've been harping on this. We will continue to do it if he keeps posting these things in, uh, until it ends. And, uh, yeah, Wiggins, just, just cut it out, man. It's just dumb. Oh, my God. You got to stop. It's not like you have a, a weird, like, lame life where you're like, hey, I'm only, like, feeling, like, cool when I'm driving or something. He does baller stuff all the time that he can shoot on Snapchat. Like, he he's out there living it up. He's he's traversing the world. He's a millionaire athlete. Like, there's so much stuff for you to shoot. Don't shoot while you're driving. Like, that, you don't need that. That's dumb. Anyway. Shout out to Drew Wiggs, man. Right, you finally listened. If you listen, if you listen to Andrew Wiggs, I wish she was. I love your photos of your dog Cassie. She's Beautiful. very cute. Exactly. Another, she laid on the suitcase when he's packing. Another great thing. Just you do those. The dog. Do yes. the dog ones. Okay. Yes. All right. Last one. Uh, Neil, are you worried about how good the West is in a year where it is paramount that the Wolves make the playoffs? Very important that the Wolves make the playoffs this year for Real sure. Was speculating Tibbs could get fired if he didn't make the playoffs. Uh, this year. Count me out on that stuff. That's the main. That's the part where I think. You know, he's overboard here. But he's also... Taylor's not going to sell the team if the Wolves don't make the playoffs this that's year. That's overboard. Little. Come on. But uh, you, a lot you of can things see can happen. As long as they progress, as long as they take a step forward, playoffs or not, it's going to be okay. But yeah, they should make the playoffs. And um, so I am... I'm not worried about the West, actually, this year. It is much improved. But I'm confident about the abilities of the Wolves uh, to, to make the playoffs here. You know, I think, yeah, they might just squeak in or something like that. But I'm confident that, you know, Thibodeau, especially with these moves where he is he is acquiring more known quantities for him. It's not like he's taking guesses and taking stabs. Ah, maybe this is what I need to fix it. No, he knows what the problems were for last year. And he got guys he's previously coached before. And he knows he can fill those holes. So I, I have, in, again, in Tibbs we trust. And I trust that this team can win 50 games. Jeez. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy to think about. But that's what it's going to take. They yeah. have to win 20 more games and win 50 games to make the playoffs, but I think they can do it. Well, thank God that Gordon Hayward left. <laughs> Get out of here. And the Jazz could still be pretty good without him. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever. They're going to probably overpay Rudy Gay, and Rudy Gay will be like one fifth as good. But, uh, you know, they still got Gobert and Favors and Ricky Rubio and like a lot of fun players. So yeah. it remains to be seen. It's tough that our division, we're going to face gold, uh, not Golden State, but. Denver. Denver, who got better with OKC. Paul Millsap. OKC, who got Paul George. Uh, so those Portland's teams will be better. Good, Portland yeah. got was really good after they got Nur- Nurkic, Nurkic last yeah. year. So we have to play them four times. we got to play the Jazz four times, who, like I said, will not be a pushover. Plus, we got those Ricky Rubio revenge games coming. You know they're coming at us, you know? I mean, I think it was the toughest division last year, yeah. and then it just got way better. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm worried, Neil, and this is why I'm worried, because there is no room for a like a two-month injury to one of our stars where we, yep. we play sub-500 basketball for a month. Or a seven-game skid. Anything like that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to really put the pressure on. There is no window for a, a slump next season, True. for a week or two slump. Especially to start I, the season. I think the NBA, like, will we or will we not make the playoffs? The six through, you know, nine seeds. I mean, I know there's not a nine yep. seed, but you get what I'm saying. Yep. Will depend on injuries. Sure. 
Someone's going to go down. Someone's going to get injured. Yeah. Is it going to be on Portland? Is it going to be on Denver? But that's what will decide this. Yeah. So we already have some guys who are kind of injury, had some injuries in the past. You got to wonder. So yeah. durability is so huge, and we can't have a slump. And that's a, such a steep learning curve for a team that is basically a new team learning how to play together. Yeah. It's a steep learning curve, and that's why the West makes me nervous is because there's enough teams breathing on our back that all it would take is a bad two-week stretch for us to lose that spot. Training camp's going to be big. Trip to China. It's going to be big. <laughs> oh, my God. And that's oh, less that's practice tough. time and more customs time. No. <laughs> All right, that's uh, that's worried, not worried. Hope you're not too worried out there in uh, in Wolves lands. It's gonna be okay, guys. Don't worry so much. Time to get to weekly wolfies. I'll probably be dead. Now presenting your weekly wolfie. That's right. Roll those timpanies, you guys. Roll them. Just roll them. So the Wolfies theme this week. Ricky getting tricky. <laughs> it's for our guy. <laughs> yeah, we got a themed out uh, weekly Wolfies. It's a Rubio edition uh, where we give out awards for our favorite Ricky Rubio moments. So ever. on an emotional level, yeah, Ricky's my favorite player in the NBA. And yeah. I know, like, listen, if he wasn't on my team, then maybe he wouldn't be my favorite. But yeah. like, you know, because I like I love Russ Westbrook. He's like my favorite non-Timberwolves player, for example. But yeah. like, I watch Ricky play every single one of his games for the Timberwolves. I haven't missed a game that he's played. I yeah. love this dude. I've got, you know, man, we made tank tops with his face on it. Yeah, all the and all the stuff in your office. His name is my password, <laughs> you know? So all I'm saying is that uh, we're going to miss him dearly, um, and there's no one that will ever take his place in my heart. I will always be cheering for him every stop of the way. So these are our awards for our favorite moments. I'll start. My favorite Ricky Rubio moment was one of the first moments we ever got with Rubio. It was uh, 2011. Um, there was an NBA lockout. So the season started like the day after Christmas, I think, mm. or on Christmas. On Christmas, yeah. And uh, yeah, so it was 2011, and there was a preseason open practice at Target Center where they just like scrimmaged against each other mm-hmm. and stuff and brought the fans in. And uh, yeah, it was December 20th, and uh, it was just so fun. There's a gif of Rubio dancing that uh, you can find on Twitter and stuff. It's like Brandon Roy was at that yeah, event and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin Love, Ricky Rubio, uh, Darko was on the team, Beasley. Um, it was just fun. Ricky oh, Rubio Roy throwing alley-oops, no one playing defense uh, after the after the scrimmage, Kevin Love and Martel Webster um, got on the mic and had Ricky and um, Derek Williams and Malcolm Lee, the three rookies, um, sing the national anthem. Ricky just stood to the side because he didn't know the American <laughs> national anthem. And they had to sing uh, Happy Birthday. They brought up this girl. It was her birthday. And then, like, Ricky got down on one knee and, like, held her hand and, like, sang, uh, Rick, uh, sang Happy Birthday. I think he started in Spanish um, and then switched over to the American version. Very charming. And then they had a dance off. And it was just a fun. Fun, really fun event just to celebrate the NBA being back. And to me, that event kind of captures the excitement that that there was around Rubio. Just like and people were just guy. going to see a scrimmage because we wanted to see yeah, him play so badly. Yeah, was chomping at the bit to see this yeah. magical guy who was going to be the future of the franchise. And it just captures that whole spirit. I'm Ricky Rubio. I'm not like anybody else. So that was my favorite Ricky Rubio moment. And there were lots more, but it all started right there for me. What about you, Scott? 
one of my favorite moments is one of my favorite NBA, like in person being there moments, but it was context of the greater day is probably interesting because I had this car that we've been driving since high school. It's mm. a rolled beater, barely <laughs> sticking together kind of thing. 97 Pontiac Grand Prix. Yeah, we ran that thing into the ground, but you know, that uh, I knew it was dying. It was like the, you had to try three times to get it started every time. And sometimes the windows didn't go up and down. So it was really at the end of its lifespan. And that winter of, uh, what is it? 2013, I crashed it when I was going through a yellow light and a guy started to turn into me. And so I, I swerved out of the way, hit ice, Went into a pole, totaled it. But I was like, you know what? I've been saving money because I know this car was going to die sooner or later. So I went out and bought my very first car, you know, and uh, like maybe two weeks later, I was driving. I hadn't even got the license yet or the registration yet. And a guy cut me off on the road on 94 and I spun out on the ice, hit the barricade mm. and totaled that car as well. So I totaled two cars within two weeks. I'm still paying off that car, by two the way. For two. I don't have a car. Two for two. Because I'm still paying <laughs> off that second car. And so... The day that happened was such a low day in my life. Being like sitting there in the tow truck, being like, I just spent like all this money that I don't have, and the car payments haven't even started, and this is totaled already. It was such a dark, depressing day for me. But that night, we had tickets to go see the Timberwolves. Uh, Meg, who is now my wife at the time, I was just dating her. She had a family member who works for Taylor, Glenn Taylor, in a different, not Timberwolves capacity, and she got tickets that were second row, and we sat right right behind behind the scores table. And it was the San Antonio Spurs. The game was, the date was March 12th, 2013. And Ricky Rubio had his first career triple-double. Amazing. We beat the Spurs without Kevin Love. (laughs) Uh, And Ricky had a line of 21 points, 13 rebounds, or 13 assists, 12 rebounds. Wow. And uh, he just like single-handedly led. I will always remember that game. I remember Chris Johnson getting five blocks in the second quarter and pop almost getting quarter. like thrown out of the game for, cause a couple of them were goaltends just losing his stuff. Uh, oh, wow. Pop didn't bring Tim Duncan or Parker and Ginobili was just balling out trying to get that win. And Ricky was so good. And uh, it made that day a positive day for me. Like it took yeah. one of my worst days and made it into a good day. And I will never forget Ricky for doing that for me, and I'll never forget being at that game. Amazing. There you go. Just just a couple moments right there that uh, you know illustrates what an incredible guy. Oh my God. Yeah, what an oh, incredible that was a player. Mistaken sound drop. That's okay. Uh, Ricky was, you know. So you know we uh, more than just a basketball player. Yes, bringing joy on and off the court all the time. Ricky Rubio, you will be missed. Our friend. Uh, cool. Let's, it's uh, it's going to feel guilty for us celebrating our best season as a team next year. When, yeah, without you know, him. Without him. But that's... Uh, got to move on. You got to keep it going. Yep. All right, All right yep. Let's keep it going. We're going to do a game. Got to uh, get got, got to get to know some of our Timberwolves. Okay? All right. Last year week, we had a game about Jimmy Butler. Yes. Taught you a few things. Maybe taught everybody a few things. So this game's kind of similar. It's multiple choice, Neil. The game is called Taj, Teague, or Jimmy B. Mm. I'm going to ask you questions, and the answer is going to be either Taj, Teague, or Jimmy B. All right. I think I'm ready. All right. First question, Neil. Which of these three players was not born in the month of June? (laughs) Not born in the month of June. Obviously, take a stab in the dark. I'm going to say Taj Gibson. Ah. June 24th is Gibson. Teague is June 10th, I believe. Okay. Which makes them different horoscopes, even though they're born in the same month. Whoa. That's split. I was trying to make a horoscope question, but I <laughs> couldn't do it. So Butler born in what month? Uh, Butler's born in September. Okay. Good to, know. Good, to know. Good to know. All right, Neil, next question. Who was named to an NBA all-rookie first team? Oh. Wow. Um, probably not Butler. 
Probably not Gibson. I'll go Jeff Teague. I'll go Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague. Dang it. Taj Gibson, 2010. Wow. What was he drafted? Do we know? Do we know he was drafted? Well, that's the next question, Neil. Oh, where's the segue? I have not seen these questions. That was an unintentional segue. Of our three players, Neil, (laughs) Teague, Taj, or Jimmy B, who was drafted the highest? I mean, that's why I guess Teague. I mean, I know Butler was way down in the first round, I think, like 30th or something like that. Uh, um, and I would say, I don't know Gibson. I, I, that's why I guess Teague in the first one. I'm going to stick with that. I'll say Jeff Teague. Okay. He was drafted to the highest. Yep. Was Teague, he a lottery pick? Teague was 19th oh, in the 20, 2009 pick. NBA draft. Same draft. Taj went 26th Ooh. to the Bulls. And then Jimmy was obviously the 30th overall 30th, pick in okay. the 2011 NBA draft. So All Teague right. is the correct answer there. Good to know. Neil, of those three players, who was the oldest when they were drafted? Uh, let's see. I'll go... I'll go Butler on that one. I think he played lots of years in college. Ah. Butler's the only one to get his college degree oh. and not leave early. But Taj Gibson was a 21-year-old freshman in college. Wow. So he, he was the oldest he was drafted when he was 24. Where did Gibson go to school? Uh, USC. From? Oh, from USC. Yeah. And Teague, was Teague uh, Wake? Yep, that's right. Oh, okay, cool. He's, I was going to guess ACC. Getting records tied with like Chris Paul for Wake Forest point guards. Oh, uh, yeah. And all Butler right. all Marquette, right? That's right. No. Well, one year, Tyler. Oh, yeah, yes. That's right. Junior college. Transferred over. All right, Neil. Next question. Which of these players was a member of Phi Kappa Psi? <laughs> Which is what? A fraternity. <laughs> uh, Phi Kappa Psi. Uh, I'll say Jimmy Butler. Make a guess. Mm. Taj Gibson. I don't know how you would know that, but <laughs> I thought it was an interesting fact nonetheless. All right, Neil. Fraternity, man. We had a game earlier this season about Tim Roll's middle names. Yes. So my question is, which of our three new players does not have a middle name? No middle name. No middle name. Just like Ricky Rubio. No middle name. Jimmy Butler. I think Butler has one. Actually, Ricky might have one. I forget. I will guess Taj Gibson. Taj Gibson has no middle name. (sighs) Taj's middle name is Jammy. J-A-M-I. Jammy? Taj Jammy. Jammy? I I, I might be saying that wrong. Gibson. Jammy. And then uh, it's Jeffrey DeMarco Teague. DeMarco. Jimmy Butler is just Jimmy Butler III. His name is Jimmy, not James. Ah. It's not James. His name is Jimmy. Jimmy on the birth certificate. All right, Neil. Next question. Which player lists Big Daddy and Boys in the Hood as his two favorite movies? <laughs> Boys in the Hood is a is a very quintessential NBA like like shout out. Yeah, just it's like, like having just Scarface like, as your favorite. Yeah, Martin is your favorite TV show. Um, who? Uh, what was the? F- oh, Big Daddy. Uh, I'll say Jeff Teague likes Big Daddy. Yes, he does. Yes, yes, yes. He does like Big Daddy. All right, two morning questions, Neil. Okay. Which player said that if he wasn't in the NBA, he would be working multiple jobs. One of them would be as a carpenter. Taj. Give me the Taj on that. Yes, yes, two in a row. Taj worked as a carpenter with his father when he was growing up. Just doing the dirty work. He said he would be a carpenter, but that wouldn't be the only job he does because he's too tall now. And he says carpenters have to be on their knees a lot. He couldn't do that as a tall guy. All right, last one. Final question, Neil. Which player lived in his parents' basement last year? Last year? Last year? Uh, I'll say Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague lived in his parents. Ah, I finished it out three straight. That's huh, right. Huh. Teague is from, he was born from in Indiana. Indianapolis. That's why I thought of that. Okay. So he bought a house, and then when he, he was in Atlanta, so he gave that house that he bought to his parents. And so when he moved back to Indiana, he said, I'm not going to buy a, a house here. I know this is the final year of my deal. I'm just going to move in with my parents. I'll stay in the basement. They can have the master bedroom. What a good son. Ooh. 
Live with cool the mom one. and dad. That's a cool one. Thanks for the trivia. We learned a lot of things. I can't. I'm looking forward to learning even more yes. about them. That's one of my favorite things is diving in the media guide the earlier in the season, yeah, getting new, all those fun facts. New media guide will be here in a couple months. Oof, and we'll get to learn. We got a lot of new writing to do for that one. No middle name. Jeez. No middle name. It's a strange one. All right, everybody. Um, you know, here we are again. If, I hope the Timberwolves have another eventful week that will necessitate Neil and I coming together. Yeah, we'll to see. Talk about it. Yeah, we'll see about that. We'll see what they can we do. We don't have too much more room to make big moves, but the you yeah. know, as soon as I say we're done, uh, you know something's going to happen. Something might happen. Something uh, something could happen in Summer League. Something could happen, I don't know, lot, lots of different uh, reasons why we could get back together to do a show in the middle of the summer. Um, but we appreciate listening today as the as the wolves are making moves. And Thank you for sharing the podcast. We love it when oh, yeah. we get new listeners. That's and nice. We're not doing anything to advertise our podcast. We're terrible, and so mm. any new listeners are all through you. It's yeah. spreading the word. If you mouth. have, if you know of anybody who might want to listen to what we're doing over here, we'd appreciate you sending them the link. Neil's uh, always tweeting yeah. out hilarious stuff at Wolvescast. Retweet oh, yeah. it, not just like because if you retweet it, then everyone in your feed will see it. It'll be like, <laughs> hey, who's this Wolvescast? That's a really yeah. cool logo right there. So. Yeah, check that out. Um, be sure um, you know to also follow Links underscore Dynasty. That's right on Twitter, um, covering the the links uh, for Canis Hoopus uh, as this show is released today, uh, which will be Thursday the sixth, I believe. The Surprise! Links, they're just the best team in the league again. Yeah. Statistics are fun. Links will be uh, playing the biggest game of the season um, at home against the Sparks rematch of the finals of last year. So now is a great time to jump into the WNBA as free agency is winding down. You might. Not not be wanting to watch Summer League, that kind of thing. Summer, in, now's a good time. You know what's way better than Summer League is a Lynx game. <laughs> yes. Lynx games are really fun. The <laughs> WMEA is a great league. Lots of talent, yeah. It's way better than Summer League. So go check that out. Really, really would appreciate if you follow the coverage. You'll see us in the, in the crowd for the playoffs. We'll be there. Oh, we'll be there. So I'm there um, One last thing I want to say to everybody. I've been seeing some of this already, the sentiment start to bubble up on Twitter. Oh. I know it's weird to react to the Twitter vocal <laughs> minority, but I'm seeing some people being apprehensive Apprehensive against bandwagon fans becoming Timberwolves fans. Oh, some are already we're seeing what? some of the snobbishness, like oh, I'm going to hate all these new Timberwolves fans because they weren't here with us when you know they weren't shooting, uh, they weren't with you shooting in the gym. They weren't here for all the pain, so we're not going to let them feel don't like be that real guy fans. Or girl. That's so dumb. No, it's- like. It's, it's like no one should have been a fan of this team. We're broken individuals, okay? Like yeah. we're the special people who will torture ourselves with hours of it, like how many hours have we sunken into this team and not gotten any reward, you know, except the stuff that we just gain from personal pleasure. So don't be a jerk to anyone else. You should embrace people who are coming into the fold and welcome them. They don't know about the rich history of goofballs and lovable losers that have been Wolves players. So yeah. don't be a jerk to them. Don't be a snob. It's a good thing that we are a bandwagon. Yeah, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's uh, embrace all these people because it just means the Timberwolves are becoming more relevant. And you know what? For everyone who says like these are new bandwagon fans, I remember like the starters, Zach Lowe, all these people every year for the last five years are like the NBA League Pass team has got to be the Wolves. Love and Rubio, what a good like people yep. have wanted this Wolves team to be good for so long. So don't be a hater when the new fans come. Along. That's right. Please, uh, please embrace those folks. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good year, and people just want to see want to see the new look Wolves. And you know, I know it can be scary when you're losing some of your favorite players, whether you're a Levine hat or like you know a Rubio diehard. But yep. Just remember, everybody, one single thing. Alexi, change change the face. Be happy. Enjoy.